And now, Ben Diva, the voice and Reyes. Welcome back to the BDSM show. That's Billy and Devo talk sports and manliness. As usual, I'm Billy. I'm Devo. Welcome back to another episode. We're at like number forty nine or something like that. So, uh, feels good. Yeah, I think we're at. Uh, yeah, we're either at forty eight or forty nine. I can't remember when I just sent you the text last that said this episode was forty seven. Yeah, I don't either. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, actually, I could probably pull it up on my cell phone here, but um. Yeah, we're getting close. I mean, that's you're busy making a podcast. Yeah, that's that's the point, though, is that we're getting astoundingly close to hitting the the half century mark. Um, so cool! It feels like yesterday that we started doing this. Actually, it doesn't. It feels like a long time ago. When you said yesterday, I instantly started thinking of that Boys to Men song. <laughs> I just started playing in my head. It's awesome. I miss Boys to Men. Uh, it looks like two weeks ago was 47. So this is 49. That's it. Next week is 50. 49. Next week's 50. There you go. That's crazy. I feel like we have do... to do like a three-hour show, but we don't have that much uh, do... time left. Yeah, hopefully our... something awesome happens in sports that we can fill up three hours. Sure. You well, know the draft. You know what? Well, yeah, the draft is coming up. I think that's actually next Friday. Thursday. Uh, yeah, Thursday. That's right. To start on Thursday. Um, yep. You know, I feel like we could we could spend an hour discussing, even though it was like five minutes long. Was that that um, baseball manager that went off the deep end? Oh, uh, Brian Price. Yes. Uh, Seventy-seven fucks in five and a half minutes. I knew the math. It was three hundred thirty-four seconds. Seventy-seven f bombs. Averages out to one f bomb every four point three four seconds. Like that's you know me, Devin. I I'm a curse word aficionado. I'm a connoisseur, uh, a swearing poet. Poet. <laughs> um. So like stuff like this, like I. As soon as I I saw something on MLB memes about it on Facebook, and I'm like, there's a, there's a transcript. That's a lot of f bombs. Um. And someone, I saw the count later, and I'm like, that's a lot of F-bombs. And they're like, oh, this five-minute, 34-second rant. I'm like, hold on. That's like 300 and change seconds. That's a lot of F-bombs for five <laughs> and a half minutes. And, of course, the math, 4.34 or 4.33776757697654364. So 4.34. Seconds. Well, you took that pretty deep. Yeah, I I pretty much made it up after four three three seven. That's what she said. <laughs> well played. So yeah, this guy like instantly became my hero. You know what I mean? Like, I read it and I'm like, this is amazing because he didn't just like throw it out there just to throw it out there. He's in the context of the conver- of I should I say the conversation more like the tirade. Uh-huh. It was in the context of the tirade. Yeah. You know, he used it properly. He used it as an adjective. He used it as a <laughs> noun. He used it as a verb. He used it in every way you could possibly think of using oh, yeah. the F word in one rant. You know, like, I was impressed. This dude 
for lack of a better word, this guy is my fucking idol. <laughs> you know? And then he comes out today and apologizes. This is what I don't like. He comes out today and I use some coarse words, blah, 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 blah. Like, don't apologize for that, man. That was amazing. You're <laughs> right. an internet legend now. You're a legend for every person who swearing is just a part of their vocabulary. For every person who just adores a nice, a nice, well-written swearing sentence. This this made him a legend. Like I can't, I can't, I can't love it enough. Even though I had read the transcript when I found the audio, I listened to the audio like three times. Like it's just amazing. I really it's pretty good. The, what the only thing the only the only thing I don't like about the audio is that it's censored. Like I would like to hear or have the the uncensored version available. <laughs> nice. Because at some like point iTunes. Yeah, at some point the bleeps, you know, some of them merge together so it kind of covers up the context of what he's saying, but I mean, you get the idea. He's talking about, you know, he's nice to these guys and they take it and shove it up his effing ass and the team's effing ass and He's pissing up a rope and BS this and horse shit that and F this, I'm effing this and you're effing this and I'm effing him effing this while I F this and F that. (laughs) It's amazing. Like, it just doesn't... Some people would rant like that. Well, Rex Ryan would be good for a rant like that. You would catch... It would seem forced. You know, like, they're, they're looking for some way to magnify what they're saying so they stumble on themselves for a second and then they drop an F-bomb. That's not what this was. I mean, this was just straight... That's a part of his vocabulary. You know? And like, yeah, yeah. People got Rex yeah, Ryan think- for that. They they didn't like him for that because of hard knocks and, oh, he's swearing and all this and that. And people are going to ride this guy's ass because, oh, he's so profane. Who cares? I mean, come on. The guy's fired up. Like I told you, you know, before the show, we were kind of prepping and stuff. If my coach goes on a rant like that, show me the wall you want me to run through, coach. You got it. You know, like the guy's a legend now. <laughs> I uh, I think once the first one goes, you know, you you're already you're already going to pay the price. Yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely. What's the difference between one or seventy-seven? Yeah. I think F words, really? Yeah, you've crossed the line. Can't go back now. It wasn't live TV. You know what I mean. You didn't do it. Uh, you know, accepting the trophy. Uh, uh, you know, in front of, in the stadium. You did it in front of a bunch of dudes in the locker room with uh, iPhones that were recording. Yeah, in the in the manager's freaking office because yep. you know, I'm sure you've all seen everybody's seen it in the movies and stuff it, in TV and all that. The manager's office is there's uh, a closed door setting. Yep. So, I mean, it's not like he went to a playground and cursed out a bunch of kids. Right. He's yeah, talking he to grown men. It wasn't on live TV either. It was all recorded. Yeah. So. So, you can edit it. I think he's fine. Yeah. I, I'm sure he's going to see some kind of fine or something from baseball because they, sure. they have to hold him to a standard and save face. I say fuck that. <laughs> so, uh, Brian Price, thing. you're my hero. Uh, I just, I don't know what else to say. You're my hero, man. A legend. It's a good thing Stitcher and iTunes lets us curse. Yeah, absolutely. Or we'd be fucked. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> I, um, I, you kind of t- took my first bullet point off of sports, and I wasn't ready to go to sports yet. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I wanted to say congratulations to my 
uh, dear friends Andrea Trendy and Jeff Dectus. They got married this weekend. Okay. Um, I had the pleasure of being in the wedding. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, there was, you know what I've learned about weddings? Um, I'm going to drop some knowledge on everybody here. Sure. There's two things that I've learned about weddings. One is they never go as they're planned. Exactly. And two is no one ever remembers. Exactly. Unless the it's only, something colossal like that the only falls thing on you his can face. Mess or... This was close. The only thing <laughs> you can mess up is the free booze. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, if you have free booze, the rest of it, everyone will be fine with. Yeah. Open bar, everybody forgets yep. by an hour into the, the right. reception. Right. So this place, the place was beautiful, right? Yep. The place that they picked is called Tampa Bay Watch. Beautiful place. The lady, like the chaperone, I'm giving you air quotes here. Yeah. Um, She was a pain in the ass. Like, royal pain in the ass. Was that like the planner lady? No, not like a... She was just like the person who was there to make sure we didn't set the place on fire. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. You know what I mean? The babysitter. You can't do that. You can't do that. And then the air conditioner quit. Oh. Yeah. Was she, so, Was this like on the water? Yeah. You should have shoved yeah. her in. We uh we had all the... We opened up all the doors and windows. And then eventually what we did was move the DJ outside. Nice. I was like... I was like, bro, when they when they stop for cake, I was like, me and you are dragging this table outside. Nice. And he was like, you think so? I was like, yeah, we're doing that. That's a good setting, man. It makes yeah. sense. Just makes sense. Yep. Moved it out to the deck. Um, but other than that, like, uh, it went pretty well. I think it went well. Jen would Jen worked her ass off. She was the maid of honor. Sure. And um, there was obviously a lot of improv with all. Oh, the fucking ice dude was late because there was a wreck on the bridge. Yep. And so we got there at like 3.30, thing starts at 4.30, and they didn't have ice yet. Yikes. Like, so the drinks are just sitting there. Like, there's kegs that are getting warm. Ew. Yeah. And so Will was like, I'll go to 7-Eleven and I'll just buy all the ice they have. And so he was like, he's like, I'm going to go right now. And I get, you know, we gave him some money. And uh, the guy, uh, the caterer, one of uh, Jeff's buddies, nice guy. And he's really good at it. You could tell he was pissed off that the ice truck was late. Yeah. Um, the ice truck finally showed up. And uh, I called Will and I was like, abort. Yeah. Come back. You don't need, you don't need to spend $100 on ice. <laughs> awesome. So, um, but, you know, I still had a great time. Yeah. We stayed at the Serata Beach Resort. Nice. Um, it was expensive, but nice. And, you know, it's kind of hand in hand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of course they It's hard to... F- Hard to find nice and cheap. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's our, a gem. Our wedding was the same way, and um, thankfully, her dad, you know, was paying for the venue and all that stuff. So, you know, he was he told her, you know, get what you need and all that stuff. And you know, we had a nice venue on the water and all that stuff. It was gorgeous. And like you said, yeah. it, when things get messed up, nobody knows. Right. You know? The only person who knows is like the bride. Yeah, the bride and the groom. And just let it ride. Yeah, I mean. Here's here's a little secret that nobody knows. We, for our wedding, the song we were going to dance to for our first dance, um, was originally the song that they played. Uh-huh. And about two or three weeks, maybe a month before that, she sent them a different song that she wanted to play. And I said, you know, whatever. 
I'm going to go out there. We're going to do the middle school thing, hands on the on the back, you know, and all that stuff, and uh-huh. go in a circle, and yada yada. So I don't really care what the song is. You, if you like it, I love it. So we get out on the dance floor, and sure enough, they started playing the previous version, and we just kind yeah. of looked at each other, and you know, we just told each other, just in in the look of eyes, like nobody sitting at these tables has a clue that this isn't what was supposed to play. Exactly. Only we do. This was a song we were originally going to dance to. Just ride it out. You know? Like, the the only part that got me at, at our wedding was the mother-son dance when the song started to skip after they told us they had, like, they had it playing on, like, four different machines to avoid that. But they cut it short. And like you said, open bar, everybody forgets. Nobody noticed. Yeah. I had I. And even now that you mention it, I don't remember anything skipping. Yeah, so I mean, but by the end of the was... night, we're all blitzed. Nobody's got a clue. Everybody had a blast. Right. Um, I think that's the key to a perfect wedding. Obviously, besides the bride and groom actually going through with it, <laughs> right? Is an open bar. Open bar is the key because everybody yeah. has a blast. Even people that don't heavily drink normally, you get in that setting, and a lot of people will drink past their normal limits. So. Yeah, you can't have a bad wedding with an open bar. I agree, unless you got someone who's a violent drunk. But in that, even in that setting, even even the most violent drunkiest type of person is typically a happy drunk. So especially at a wedding, I mean, everybody's having a good time. Everybody wants a party. So anyway, uh, congratulations! They're in Hawaii right now. The uh, photographer actually had a drone with the GoPro deal mounted to it, so I'm really interested to see how some of those shots turn out. Um, yeah. It was really neat because, like, he was... There was several photographers, so this, this guy was actually the videographer. I take that back. Um, he was shooting the video, and um, oh, uh, it was, like, Martin Scorsese. He had this, like, drone remote control hanging around his neck, and then he had the video camera that he was whipping up and down. And the drone he could set to just hover. Nice. And then he could let go of the... Uh, and even in the wind, it would still hold its position, which I thought was freaking brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. I was like, oh, that thing's going to crash. At one point, yeah. I thought it was going to hit me, but I guess he's pretty good. I was like, I'm walking <laughs> into it. I don't care. Nice. So. Um, Jump up and swing a fist and, oh, I don't know what happened. God, I feel like King Kong. Bro. <laughs> Put that in your video, bitch. Nice. So, that's about all I got, though. Those Love are... you, Jeff and Andrea. <laughs> Love you. Sorry about your photographer's drone. Yeah, I hope he doesn't, you know, bill you for that. <laughs> it was nice. It was good. They did a good job, especially with all the improv that we had to do. Um, yeah. That, and we're the only people who are going to know that it was improv. Exactly. I mean, exactly. minus the air conditioner thing, I'm pretty sure most people noticed it was pretty hot in there. Yeah, it was broken. Yeah. And, and you know what? And... Uh, Will was telling me he thinks that they were doing it to mess with us. What, to like try to sweat you out or yep. something? Yep. And he was like, they don't even know. That's when you turn it up a notch. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. That's uh, that's when, you, when you've when you involved uh, Will Smalley and, and you try to play games like that, that's when it goes up a notch. Yeah, it got to about 9 o'clock and Will's like, fuck it. And he goes out to his truck and he's still wearing his shirt and tie and jacket and he goes out and he gets his board shorts and flip flops 
Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> classic. Absolutely. So, so that's about all I had for um, for intro. We got Brian Price knocked out pretty much. Yeah. Um, I you know I was thinking <laughs> he um, you know he has an opportunity here. He could go one of two ways. He could go Rex Ryan. Or he could go, you know, Popovich, uh, Belichick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I think if I were a manager or a coach, I mean, I I don't like Belichick because he's a cheater, but he's strategic. Yeah, he he says stuff without saying stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know, at the halftime of the Super Bowl, you go to Belichick and I go, "What's your plan for the second half?" He's like, uh, "We want to play better." Yeah, we're going to win. Yeah, we're going to score more points, and we're going to try to stop them from scoring more points. It's like, okay, Pam Oliver, now you look like an asshole. Yeah, pretty much. So, Speaking of asshole sideline reporters, did you did no, you happen to catch it. the video or the transcript of that ESPN chick? No, I missed it. Berating a, a, a tow employee. Uh she basically said that she could do what she did if she dropped out of college and she had no teeth and no education and yada, 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 and this and that. This bitch is a sideline reporter. You could drop out of high school and do what you do. My wife hates female reporters, sports reporters. Yeah, like, this is this is the context of this lady's job. At least on camera. I'm sure there's some work that goes on in the background. Yeah, you gotta put your pants on and you gotta yeah. button your hey. shirt. Yeah. Hey, coach, what do you guys got to do to get better in the second half? Well, we got to execute. Thanks, coach. Up to you guys. <laughs> or, uh, um, guys, I talked to the coaching staff, and Johnson has a, a high ankle sprain. So his uh, his status is uncertain for the rest of the game. Questionable Back return. to you guys, like a high school kid could do that. You are in no position to be telling anybody, oh, I could do what you do if I dropped out of college. Blah blah blah. If I had no education, blah blah blah, and and trying to fat shame her and you know calling her toothless and all this. The mistake she made was telling her she's on TV. Yep. You know she tried to big time her. <laughs> you cannot big time people in that situation. If you're being a dick, you cannot big time. Yeah, you. It just you look like a complete horse's ass. And you know what? If she hadn't big timed her, that video probably doesn't end up on the internet. Right, because she doesn't know that that's a big thing, that she should put that on the internet. Yeah, she doesn't know that she's a, a sideline reporter or TV reporter for ESPN, you know? Because what, what I heard it happen is this whole thing went down, and the employee that she was berating incessantly uh, shot the video to Brett McMurphy on ESPN, and he's the uh, he's the guy, all things um, dirt, you know, like, hey, this is the kind of stuff he gets by on. This is why he now all of a sudden works for ESPN, because of crap like this. And so he took it and obviously passed it on to the higher-ups and, oh, I'm suspended for a week, which I thought was ridiculous, only because Bill Simmons, uh, in his his personal podcast that ESPN, you know, airs on their website, called out Roger Goodell, called him a liar and all that stuff. And Roger Goodell is a public figure. You know, he didn't just call out some random person doing their <laughs> right. job and fat shame them and call them, you know, dumb, toothless, and redneck hick and all this stuff. And he got suspended for three weeks over that. Part of it might have been because he dared ESPN to do something about it. 
which typically they will. They'll magnify it just because of that. Sure. But she only got a week for that crap. Like, I, if it were me, if I'm ESPN, I'd fire her. Yep. Like, who, who do you think you are? Why are you going to throw us out there? No, I don't think so. You know, to, to ESPN is a brand. You need to protect the brand and get rid of shitheads like that. Yep. Like, just kick her to the curb. She's got a college education. I'm sure she could be a sideline reporter for somebody. And how many other times has she been a bitch to someone who didn't have a camera? Yeah, and then her apology on Twitter. Um, in the heat of an intense moment, uh, I should have taken the high road, or I lost my cool, or something like that. And it's like, you're an idiot. Like, I get it. People are pissed when they get their car towed. But wh- who do you think you are? Oh, I'm on TV. Yeah. I'm on the news, honey. And I let's, can do what you did. Let's back it up a second. Why was your car getting towed? Supposedly, and this is this is where some people are defending her. Supposedly, this um, this tow company has shady practices, oh. which all tow companies have yeah, they're, uh, they're... in the eyes of everybody. Because again, nobody likes getting their car towed. Supposedly, she left her car at a in a restaurant or bar's parking lot to go patronize another bar. And they even said as much in their response to her going out, you know, going off like that. As they said, you know, she she left her vehicle in a company's parking lot to go patronize another facility. So they post signs like that for a reason, uh, you know, tow at your own risk or at owner's expense or whatever. She must have um, been a real bitch to the people in the bar then, the first bar. I don't know. Because don't. typically, bars don't mind if you leave your car overnight, even. As long yeah. as you're not drinking and driving, they're cool with it. Yeah, so who the hell knows? But that, the, the lesson for TV personalities, celebrities, movie uh, actors, actresses, um, city officials, politicians, mm-hmm. if you're being a dick... And you know you're on camera because the lady mentioned that she was on surveillance video. You know you're on camera. You don't big time. You just don't do that. That's an automatic pass for that to hit the internet. And you look like a complete jackass. Yep, you can just pretty much guarantee it's going viral if you try to big time somebody. Exactly. So I was only surprised that ESPN only suspended her for a week. I knew she was going to get suspended, but I was hoping it was for longer because she was just being a cunt. So, You you ready for this segue? I am I ready. I know I usually don't announce the segues, but this is going to be a good one. Okay. Speaking of ESPN, I, uh, I heard they're losing an SEC uh, anchor and analyst. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. And who would that be? Uh, Timothy Tebow will no longer oh, be yeah. an SEC uh, anchor. What do you think, huh? Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> when I heard the news that the Eagles were going to sign him, I thought, great, he can show another city how to play shit like quarterback. Jason texts me the second it happened, and he's like, get me on the podcast. He's like, Chip Kelly is an idiot. Yeah. And I have to agree, and I, that's what I text him. I was like, are you sure it's a real contract and not just like practice squad deal mm-hmm. and he's like no I'm pretty sure it's a contract he goes although I would imagine it's no guaranteed money that way if he sucks they can just drop him yeah it's, it's like, very little guaranteed if he sucks and it's only like a million if that it's a little over a million even if he sticks 
So I figure, you know what? I would sign the guy if he promised to do like all the towel laundry or something like that. Sure. I'd be like, oh, all right, you can be on the practice squad and do the laundry. That's What's cool. funny to me is Chip Kelly, when he was still at Oregon, specifically said he doesn't run a Tim Tebow type offense. He specifically said, I need a quarterback that can throw. He's a threat to throw as well as run. I'm not going to power run my quarterback 20 times like Tim Tebow. Specifically mentioned him by name. And then he's in the NFL, still running his system. And he's signing Tim Tebow. Doug dug him out of the dirt to sign him. Yeah, I just... doesn't make sense to me, man. Like, he's not... I don't care if he spent the last three years, two years, however long it's been, he's been out of the league. I don't care how much of that time he spent working on his mechanics. He was working on his mechanics before the draft. In every offseason since, he's been working on his mechanics. His mechanics are still terrible. He's been working on his mechanics since high school. Yeah, and and someone mentioned, you know, just because his mechanics improve doesn't mean his decision-making improves. And on top of that, it doesn't mean his arm strength improves. It's not to say he's not a strong dude. He's got some big fucking arms. <laughs> but if you looked at Florida when he was playing there on, on passes to the outside and, and deep balls, or not necessarily deep balls because you just heave it and, and get as much arc on it, let your receiver get under it as you can. But, you know, passes in the, that mid-range, 10 to 20-yard passes, they just didn't have zip, you know? And, and when they did, it's because he had all day to wind up and throw. He's got a very long motion to get any kind of zip on those intermediate and to the outside passes. And, and he never has had that zip. So you get to the NFL and try to make those throws, and you're not playing in a system stacked for, you know, Urban Meyer in this stacked spread system, spread option, you know, crap. Those throws become turnovers because defensive backs are far better in in the pros than you'll ever see at the college level. So I, it just doesn't make sense to me. He's not going to be a good quarterback. I wonder how that goes down. Like, does Chip Kelly, like, in, like, a meeting, just be like, hey, I think I'm going to call Tim Tebow. And, like, does nobody else just go, why? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... The and offensive what, coordinator. what she is they have a third-string quarterback, Matt Barkley, who went to USC. And supposedly they tried to offload him and couldn't get anybody to bite. So now they're bringing in Tebow to compete with him for the third slot. And he's pretty much already lost it. That's what's messed up. Oh. Oh, and know, that kid can actually throw a football. I, um, I heard a great story this weekend, speaking of quarterbacks. Do you mind if I shift gears a little bit? Sure. Uh, one of the guys at uh, Trendy's wedding from Detroit, right? Yeah. Because um, she's from outside of Detroit, like uh, Flint or Port Huron or something like that. Sure. And um, so he said he was at a bar in Detroit wearing his Lions t-shirt. And he said this guy walked up to the bar next to him and said, hey, let me buy you a drink. And he looks over. Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford. Nice. Walked right in, saw the guy with the Lions shirt, went over there and said, hey, let me buy you a drink. And he was like, he's like, no, you don't need to buy me a drink. He's like, please. He's like, you know, thanks for supporting the team, and here's a free beer. Yeah, take it, man. You know, he's took got a, over yeah. $50 million. Yep. Took a picture with him, you know, signed <laughs> a napkin. And, that, you know, I was like, man, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's like, that's a good guy. 
that's uh, that's the opposite of big timing somebody. Exactly. You know, I got one one more story about big timing. You know, Chris Jericho, the wrestler. Yes. When I was in college, uh, he was pretty popular. Oh yeah. And um, I was at a bar in like Channel Side one time, and um, me and a buddy saw him, and we're you know we're like, hey Jericho. Let me buy you a beer, and he's like, "Oh no, no, that's okay. You know, I got. I'm traveling. Actually, I'm just visiting some friends." And yep. before he left, he sent over two beers. The lady, nice. was, the lady was like, "Oh, that's from him," and he waves, you know, waves those way out the door, and he's like, "See you, fellas." Nice. They're like, "Oh yeah, he got them." Yeah. See, he listening to like interviews and stuff on the radio. He seems like just like one of the guys. Yep. It was who really... just happens to have millions and millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> right. World famous. Yep, so that's it. You're right, that's the actual, that's the best thing you can do for your your image, I, I think, I feel like, is like yeah. the op, be humble, don't big time. Be humble, uh, Be. I, I know it can be challenging at times when you're someone that's famous like that, but be nice to people. If someone just comes up at a bar and says, hey man, let me buy you a drink, don't big time, you know, get out of my face, I, I get enough of this crap all the time. You're leave me alone. Let the guy buy you a drink, or you buy him a drink. Be nice. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Buy the, you know what? Say, you know, don't buy me a drink. Let me just get you a drink and uh, go ahead and walk on. You know what I mean? Yeah. What does that cost you? Three, four bucks? Because that, that in, its, in and of itself is enough of a story. Chris Jericho bought me a beer at, you know, Out the Moon or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, sure. Matt Stafford. Now I'm a Matt Stafford fan. I want to see that guy succeed. I don't, because he plays for the Lions, and I don't care, so... I mean, I like the Lions. And I, but I think they're going to miss Donkey Kong, Sue. They probably will, especially because their other defensive tackle, Nick Fairley, left, too, so... Didn't, That's uh, a, a giant hole in the middle. Where did, Vince, but that, Wo- where did, where did that, Vince Wolford go? Did he go to the Lions? No, I think he went to Houston. That's right, Houston. It was him and J.J. Yeah, that big-ass uh, Haloti Nada from Baltimore went to Detroit. That's right. So, I mean, he's going to fill one slot, but not both. Right. Um, the Red Wings and Lightning finished their game tonight. Red Wings were up 2-1. Yeah, it's been a, a pretty good series. Game 2 got kind of out of hand in the second period, and I think the final was 5-1, to one, but oh boy. the first game was 3-2. to two. Uh, Game 3 tonight was 3 to nothing, but it was one nothing for most of the game. Uh, it was extremely tense. Um, just back and forth hockey. It's fun to watch. It's tough for me because when I watch the Red Wings play somebody and someone takes what I feel is maybe kind of a dirty shot, I want to rant against a guy, call him a dirtbag, call him a piece of shit, you know, hope he breaks his leg. I don't want to do that to the Lightning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I like the Lightning. I do. If they weren't playing the Red Wings, I'd be rooting for them. You know, it's it's the only sport where I legitimately have a second favorite team. You know, other other sports, I'll have maybe another team that, that I pull for, I like to watch, like college football. I enjoy watching Oregon, but they're not my second favorite team. I just like to watch them play because they're explosive. Um in basketball, I'm okay with the Magic doing well because they're another Florida team, but they're not my second favorite team. I, on an ordinary day, I don't give a shit if they win or lose. But when the Lightning are playing and they're not playing the Red Wings, I legitimately care if they win or lose. So, I mean, it's kind of a tough series. And then to see 
just gobs of people I know bitching about the officiating. Like the Lightning haven't like doubled up the Red Wings in power plays, and I like I want to argue with them, but I'm like, you're my friends, and I like the Lightning too. I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So like even from from not necessarily a straight up sports aspect, like this is a tough series for me to watch. You know, so I'm hoping it goes seven games, and game seven is a really good game, not one of those ones that's over by the middle of the second period, you know, where one team has just blown the other out of the water. Because um, then, I mean, you you can't really... That series has gone about as well as it could. If you go to game seven and say game seven is a 2-1 game, you know, at the end, one the team that's losing is making a push to try and tie it. They got six men out and, and all that stuff. I'm hoping that's how it ends up. Because then you can say... This series was as good as it could be. And I hope the Red Wings win. If the Lightning move on, then I'm I'm still pulling for them. Good. You know, beyond that, I hope if they beat the Red Wings, I hope they win the Stanley Cup. Because like I said, I still like the Lightning. You know, I like when we lived in Tampa, I went to I don't know how many Lightning games. You know, I right. how I proposed to my wife on the way to a Lightning game. So... You know, I I have I can't harbor any ill will towards them, and I know either way the series goes, we've got friends that are going to harbor ill will towards the Red Wings, and I I just can't reciprocate. <laughs> you know, which pains me because as a sports fan, you want to take shots at the other the other team, and the other team's fans, and how they're a bunch of dickholes. But I can't do it because I like the Lightning, and I like my friends. So, I, it's been a tense series. It's been a really good series. Um, the Lightning have gotten a few bounces. The Red Wings have gotten a few bounces. Um, it's starting to get intense physically, uh, which tends to happen in the playoffs when you play another team seven games, or you know, even if it ends up a sweep. When you when you play these guys, and you focus in on just these guys instead of you know, like the regular season, you play a team and then they're gone and that's it. And in the playoffs, you see these guys every other night, and you're roughing each other up every other night. The further that series goes, the more the tension builds up, the more they hate each other, the more they want to beat the fuck out of each other. And, I mean, we're starting to get to that point where it starts getting chippy after every whistle, and, and everybody circles around the goalie, and, and I love everybody's shoving their glove in the uh, the other guy's mouth and, and face-washing people and taking cheap shots with the stick and all that stuff. I, we're starting to build up towards that. So, I still think the Lightning win. Let's see. What's we, that's all I got for sports. You got anything else sports? Um, just the NBA playoffs. They started over the weekend. So Oh, that's right. Um, I'm just going to defer to my predictions uh you know, a month and a half or so back when we had TJ on. Um, and I think I was kind of going back and forth on the Warriors or the Spurs. Uh, I'm kind of leaning Warriors. I think they're going to make it out of the West. I still think the Cavs are the team to beat in the East because the playoffs start and LeBron James is a different animal. Yeah. So I think they're going to run through the East, especially Kyrie Irving uh, went for 30 in his playoff debut, so he clearly wasn't, you know, shaken up by the moment. And um, so I think they're going to run through the East fairly easily, uh, despite the fact that the Hawks kind of ran away with it in the regular season. 
Um, and then I think the Warriors are going to beat the Cavs, and everybody in Cleveland is still going to hate themselves. <laughs> it's like a hobby, so, self-loathing. Yeah, I think that's the way God intended it. It's Cleveland. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I, I would like to see LeBron win again. I don't know. I just like watching LeBron win, even though he does. Sure. He's kind of, kind of entitled, I think. You know what I mean? Like, he has that self-entitlement, which a lot of people don't like. Yeah, um, his, I I think he's he's become more humbled. Yeah, in the last couple of years, after the whole uh, first time leaving Cleveland, after that all blew up, I think it kind of humbled him. You know, like the first year they tried playing as a bad guy, and right. none of them could just they didn't like it. Yeah, you know, LeBron didn't like that. He's used to being liked by everybody, so I think that kind of woke him up. He he kind of humbled himself, um, disappearing in the finals that first season kind of humbled him um but you know like i said when he left the, the left the heat over the summer i harbor no ill will towards him i still enjoy watching him play he's an amazing player yeah uh he's still a fun guy to watch so i'm still gonna watch the finals um i'm kind of watching the games now where i can because i work all night so you know i don't see most of them but i'll make a concerted effort to see them every now and then when the nhl is not on so yeah, I, gotta, I hope I, gotta figure I, out how I to would do like to see uh, at the house so I can watch that stuff. Yeah, so I, I would like to see LeBron get to the finals at least. So. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for sports. Yeah, I think that's it. I know you want, uh, we you want could to just mention raise Red Sox. I was gonna, yeah, I just I was thinking about skipping over it, it in but your face. I, I wanted to rub it not necessarily in your face, but maybe Yakley's face. Yeah, Jason or Kevin. Um, yeah. Uh, I was going to taunt him on Twitter and ask him how pissed off it makes him that you're watching a game on TV and all you can hear is the crowd chanting, let's go Red Sox. Yeah, you know, I don't, it's the Red Sox fans I don't like. I don't mind the Yankees fans, but... And I, you know what, I bet probably the uh, most of the Ra- the Rays fans are probably similar. If they got other stuff to do when the Red Sox are in town, they probably just skip out. Sure. I just, I, I find it funny, and I could see how it would be annoying, and I know how Yeckley and, and uh, Kevin, I know how much they hate the Red Sox. Uh-huh. So I know it just, it has to bother them even more when people start chanting, let's go Red Sox, and then the stadium picks it up, and it's just like stadium-wide. Like, it would piss me off if I was a Rays fan and... I'm sitting in the stadium and there's 30,000 people here and 25,000 of them are Red Sox fans. I'd be annoyed. Like at USF games, we're surrounded by the other team's fans almost every time because <laughs> all the season ticket holders sell their tickets to the, the asshole other team's fans. Yep. You know, and like these guys start start chanting and carrying on and talking shit. Like I want to turn around and jab people in the throat. So, I mean, I get it, but... I, I still find it funny. I, tonight's <laughs> game was was one nothing, and I think the Red Sox scored in like the third inning, so there was like six innings of just scoreless nothing after that. People get bored, you know. So, Got to start throwing peanuts. Yeah. So it was a well pitched game. I usually go um, to those games. I'm so drunk. I just like have like sunflower seeds all over my chest and in my beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you keep it classy. And the usher's like looking at me, and I'm just still spitting him on the floor. And I'm like, yeah. what's up? Somebody's gonna You're to supposed pick- to. Yeah. That's why they give you peanuts and some flowers. And he comes over and tries to like, like sweep that. up like, on my feet, and I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm not moving. 
Nice. Have another. That's why the floors are not like carpet <laughs> right. and stuff like that. They're cement. That's why we can't go nice places. Yeah, I mean, you go to any ballpark in the country, and there's peanut shells and sunflower seeds all over yeah. the ground. So, I agree. That's how it happens. Except for at the trop, because nobody's ever there. You're never there. In the Marlins Stadium, because there's not really... It may be different now with the new stadium, but you know, there's typically nobody ever at Miami sporting events either. I think if Busch Gardens was smart, they would uh, sponsor the next stadium and put a roller coaster in the stadium. That would be pretty sweet, you know actually. What I mean? As long as you put it out of range of baseballs, because can you imagine you're flying down this roller coaster doing 65 miles an hour and a fly ball or a line drive comes smacks you in the face? Yeah, I would imagine they that's put like, net or something that's, so that you don't get hit by a ball. Yeah, that's like a double whammy, man, because you're, you're moving 65 miles an hour one way, the baseball's moving 50 miles an hour the other way. But could you imagine a roller coaster that goes like up over the, you know, down the wall and up over the roof and like underneath the, you know, under the ground? Sure. That'd be neat. That would be pretty cool. I don't see it ever happening, but it would be cool. It could be like, you know, Bush Garden Stadium featuring the Hoopa Loopa coaster. Yeah. Listen, man, InBev is so cheap that they shut down the beer school. So I know that made me sad. I don't I don't see them paying to sponsor anything but around here. Could be good 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 No, they're a bunch of cheapskates. Advertising bunch of european bastards ruining american beer i tell you yeah my budweiser's <laughs> the budweiser that i don't drink i drink a budweiser this weekend well uh, i tend to stick to sam adams but we've had this discussion yeah. before i drink whatever's in front of me yeah it's true i mean if i'm at a tailgate or minus mellow light and keystone yeah. ice I'm not going to go to a party and go, you got what in the keg? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not drinking I'm not that. that. Gross. And see, I imagine, I said that with like kind of a gay list because I imagine that's the type of guy that would show up to a party and go, I'm not drinking what's in that keg. I'm going to the store and pick up some Zimas. Yeah. Um, You want to get into uh, non-sports? Sure. We might as well. I think we've, uh, <laughs> we've milked the sports long a enough. A plethora. Uh, movie trailers dropped this week. I th- I think you emphasized the the wrong the wrong syllable. Yeah, the, the that. <laughs> um, Batman versus Superman: The Dawn of Justice HD version dropped. The old Spanish subtitles one leaked early. Yeah, was it Spanish or was it like Filip- oh, yeah. Filipino? I don't know. It sounded Spanish to me. Flippy, something like that. It was one of those like Asian. Could be Spanish, could be Asian languages. Tagalo. Um, the Star Wars trailer dropped. Yep. And the Jurassic Park trailer dropped. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about Batman and Superman. Okay. Um, it looked dark. It does. You know, like, the world is kind of turning on Superman, and they're getting nervous because they're starting to realize he's freaking Superman, and if he, he goes can do whatever he wants. bad... Then who can stop him? Exactly. Well, and it seemed like in the preview, it seems like Bruce Wayne is going to take it upon himself to say, hey, I'm going to be the Superman countermeasure. Yeah. And that if this guy does go bad, I'll be the one who takes him down. Sure. So that's what it seems like. That's where the the uh, friction will be. 
Yeah, I've I've read some speculation. I obviously haven't read any of the comics. Yeah, me neither. Um, Batman or Superman. We, I've read like three Batman comics, and none of them had anything to do with this. We need to bring TJ back in. Um, but what I've heard, some of the speculation is that the government is worried about what Superman could represent. So, you know, they contract Bruce Wayne slash Batman. You know, not necessarily contract Bruce Wayne because nobody knows who Batman is, but they get in touch with Batman and say, hey, we need you to bring him in. And what I really didn't care for at first about the trailer was the kind of robot voice of Batman. Yeah. But apparently it's supposed to be that way. Uh, the speculation is that he builds a mech suit to deal with Superman because obviously straight up Batman against Superman is not happening. He's got fucking lasers coming out of his <laughs> right. eyes. He flies. He's super strong. Yeah. So apparently he he builds this mech suit to at least semi-even the odds. And that robot voice comes from some voice changer, even though there's nothing in front of his face That's to change. Thinking, I was like, his mouth is wide open. Like he should get, but, um, Superman could just laser eye him in the mouth. Yeah. And, and the speculation here is that Lex Luthor is the one... That starts to like turn people's opinions of Superman. Oh, he's gonna you know, like be he's the he's behind catalyst. the scenes. Yeah. yeah, he's he's you know behind the scenes pulling the the evil emperor, you know feeding yep. these guys just misinformation. And that's Jesse and, Eisenberg. Yeah, and slowly turning people against him so that now the government wants to bring him in, and he can do as he pleases. So. Well, I showed the trailer to... I was trying to decide whether I'm going to take Finn to go see it or not, right? It's next year. He'll be four. Um, he's watched the new Superman and likes it. It's kind of, yeah. It's a little bit boring because you don't actually see Superman in, for like 40 minutes. Yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks. And um, he watched the Batman movies. He prefers Dark Knight, um, I think, over all the other... Yeah, Dark Knight he prefers. Yeah. Because it's more Batman. Of course. Uh, you know, the first one, Origin, Batman doesn't come to like 30 minutes left in the movie. And the last one, Batman doesn't come, you know, until Bane's already like blown up the city. Yeah, he's like at the beginning and then at the end. Right. And so, um, you know, I showed it to him and I immediately, he's like, is that Batman? He goes, where's Superman? Where's Batman? And it's like, it starts coming. I could tell he's getting kind of like nervous. Yeah. And I was like, um, we're probably going to wait on this movie. Or if, yeah. I, if I do take him, it's going to be like a Sunday morning at like 11 a.m. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to piss anybody off because he's going to ask questions and he's going to get nervous, you know? Of course. Naturally. Um, How about Star Wars? That one was amazing, uh, I thought. Yeah, I think it, 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 it doesn't say a ton about the plot, but it, it shows enough that they're probably not going to fuck it up. Yep, I mean Luke Skywalker has kids. Yeah. Um, Han Solo is still alive. Chewbacca is still alive. Yeah. Um, it kind of sets this the tone at the very beginning. You see like the wrecked X-wing, and then it goes like really wide into a downed star destroyer. Yeah. That's like bigger than the mountains. Yep. Like to just give you the scale of what happened. Yeah. In in. Uh, I mean, it, it's again. It doesn't say a ton about the plot, but I think when Disney 
announced that they bought LucasArts or they bought the Star Wars franchise from George Lucas, everybody kind of knew, okay, another movie's coming. And everybody's collective thought is, they better not fuck this up. <laughs> and when they announced J.J. Abrams was directing, I think a lot of people, the normal-minded folk thought, fantastic, he's a great sci-fi director. I've loved everything he's done. Uh, the Star Wars nerds... The fanboys. Went, oh, he's a Trekkie. How could you get a Trekkie to do it? Blah, blah, blah. Mark Hamill had a good point. Um, I was reading in an interview lately, and he, he said, uh, or recently, and he said, you know, he's the first director of a Star Wars movie that was born completely out of fandom of the original Star Wars. That's true. You know, like, he he was a kid when Star Wars came out. Yep. He's a gigantic fan of Star Wars. He's already a good director, and to be a huge fan of the franchise, if there's ever going to be a director that doesn't mess it up, it's going to be J.J. Abrams. Yeah, you're you're in good hands with J.J. So, I mean, they, they don't... They don't give away a ton of the plot other than, you know, who the key characters might be. But they, they give up enough that you you know they're not going to screw it up. Now, for me, the ultimate plot twist on this one would be what if a stormtrooper shoots and kills a main character? How awesome would that be? Well, I mean, it, it would be great, but... Only because the stormtroopers never hit their marks. Uh, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, like, what if, like, two Jedi were just standing there and the stormtroopers were all shooting and they're just, like, standing there talking, drinking coffee? And they're just like, eh, it's yeah, it's stormtroopers. <laughs> Don't worry. They won't. They couldn't hit a fly. They're going to miss. They couldn't hit the ocean if they fell out of a boat. <laughs> all right. Um, so. And then the final one uh, that we watched was Jurassic Park. Yeah. Jurassic World. And this, I think you and I are kind of in disagreement with this one in that I feel like they gave away a little too much of the plot. Um, yep, and, I, and you're right. I do. I, I mean, I you basically slightly. have an idea what the movie is. All of the movies are about dinosaurs that escape and start killing people. You know what I mean? Yeah, to a degree. So I mean, the like, second one... The second one was more them going to the island to try and capture them, and then they bring a T-Rex to San Diego like a bunch of dum-dums. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just feel like they gave away just a little too much of the plot. You know, like it's, it's okay to throw out some of the plot, but leave something. People are going to go see this movie anyway, regardless of what the plot is. So why give it all away in the trailer? You know, show a little bit of Chris Pratt, show some of the dinosaurs, show Chris Pratt with no shirt on. Yeah, both Star-Lord show looking some, good. Show some dinosaurs, and, oh, we've got this uh, genetically modified dinosaur, and he goes, holy shit, what are you people thinking? And show some a little bit of terror, but not the whole plot. I feel like the whole two and a half minute, minutes of the trailer, they give away the entire plot. The only thing you don't know is how it ends. You know, and I was thinking they are probably going to try to trick that thing into the tank where that giant thing can eat them. See? Now we figured out the whole plot. <laughs> now we don't need to go see the movie. It was either that or I think the T-Rex comes to the rescue at the end. The one, the T-Rex, like, he's, like, going to be triumphant. He's everybody's favorite. Yeah, I just, I don't think now I need to go spend $50 to take my wife to see the movies and get popcorn <laughs> and drinks. I do. I feel like I have to go see it. I, that one might be a little too intense for Finney too. Star Wars, I think, will be okay. Oh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even dream of bringing the boy to that. 
not yet. Knowing the way Jurassic Park terrified right. me and my brother, and I was nine when I went to see it, and my brother was six. The T-Rex scene where he attacks him in the Jeep, uh-huh. we had to go to the bathroom, which was a perfectly, uh, it, we really did, but it was like the perfect excuse to go out and stand in the lobby because <laughs> we were scared shitless. Too intense. To the point where my stepdad had to come out and get us and go, hey, are you guys coming back in the theater? What's going on? We're like, oh, yeah, 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 we're coming back. We're just, you know, going to the bathroom and, and discussing that terrifying, nightmare-inducing scene that we just watched. <laughs> so. Awesome. I definitely, I wouldn't dream of, of bringing the boy. I mean, we'll get the movie on Blu-ray, right. I'm sure, when it comes out, and we'll wait till he's old enough to handle it, and it's not going to give him nightmares for months on end. Nope, I agree. I uh, That one's too much. This Batman Superman I could get behind, but it looks like it's going to be so dark. Yeah, you know, like, and I don't know if I want him going down that road. But Star Wars, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna take him to Star Wars. Absolutely, I think Star Wars, I think Star, Star Wars is one of those movies you can get away with because it's yeah. not ever it's aliens like, in space. It's not like real people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not like overly morbidly violent right. or anything like that. They shoot lasers at each other, and you never actually see like. It's not like in a movie where they're shooting real guns and you see a bullet hole in somebody's right. face. Yeah, it's all cauterized. There's no bleeding. It's just a little smoke. Yeah. You just see a guy falling after a poof of smoke falls in front of right. him. Right. Yeah, and if even if you, if you get your arm chopped up, you're not going to bleed out from a lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. So so I think that's fairly safe yeah, for, I think so for kids. Even in the other movies, they didn't even really kill people at all. Only like a few Jedi. The rest of it was all like robots and androids and stuff. Yeah. Except for, in, in, uh, spoiler alert, in the third one, uh, the third of the prequel movies where Anakin goes off and kills all the kids at the one right. academy. Yeah. What was that? Order 66? Something like that. So um, so that brings us to, um, we have, we didn't do a list last week. Or I don't think two weeks ago we didn't do like a list. Um, it was last week. But we decided we would list our top three. Um, Five. I've got five. If you want to do three, that's fine. But I had five. I couldn't narrow it down. Spielberg movies. <laughs> um, I actually have four. I, I did put a honorable mention in there. Um, okay. So th- then if well, you have five and I have four, you go first. You'll go first and okay. last. Okay. So I'm going to start with number five. Uh, and I went strictly with directing because I feel like he's done enough directing that you could make a list of like his top 20 movies. Um, number five, I've got Jaws, um, for obvious reasons. I mean, it's a classic movie. Uh, it terrified every kid who ever went to the beach in that era. (laughs) People stopped going to the beach because of that movie. It really did. So, um, you know, at sometimes the plot gets kind of seventies, eighties cheesy, but that's for us because we're not used to that kind of cheese. You know, back then that was cutting edge. Yeah. So um, I feel like that was obviously, you know, one of his better works. So that's my number five. I like that. Jaws gets a mention. Um, honorable mention, number four for me, um, Men in Black 1. Okay. Um, I love it because I think Men in Black was a comic, wasn't it? Originally? I think so. Or like maybe yeah. a graphic novel. Anyway, um, I love what he, what Spielberg is able to do with new intellectual properties. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you look down his list, and I'm not going to mention any more because I don't want to ruin yours or my list, um, 
one ofs or firsts, he he does them. You know what I mean? He yeah, can take that absolutely. new idea and put it on the screen. It's not a sequel. It's not based off of you know a TV show. Um, you know, he takes that new idea and makes it into a movie. So I think that's really neat. So that's what I liked about Men in Black One is like it was totally different, and totally new. Yeah. Yeah, and it stood it stood up, man. Yep. I mean, the movie's still good. It's good. You're right. I, it's still, it's great. Every now and then, it pops up on like TNT or TBS and or something like that, and I'll still watch it. Let it ride. Um, Men in Black Two, not so much. Um, Men in Black Three that was, was the one with Johnny Knoxville, and Three was great. Three Three tugs at my heartstrings yep. every time I watch I do it. Too, I cry when I watch it. Every time. The first time, I didn't. I didn't quite cry. I was close. Like I could. I could feel my eyes tearing up. Yeah. But I then found my man card and fought it off. <laughs> Not me. I lost my man card and <laughs> rolled down my cheek. No, it was that. As far as I'm concerned, as a man, it's more manly to cry at the end of that movie than Toy Story Three. I cried at Toy Story Three as well. I don't understand why crying in Toy Story Three. I really don't. The, 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 spoiler alert: the scene in the incinerator, bro. Nope. Didn't God, do it. God, I fucking lost it. I was like, I'm throwing this CD in the garbage. I was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. I don't watch it anymore. No, it was a good movie, but I just didn't see... Well, I, you know, like I heard about all kinds of men crying and stuff at the end. I'm like, I don't see that. Like, what was there to cry about? Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> anyway... Back to Spielberg, please. Not Devin yeah. crying. <laughs> Um, my number four here is Hook. Oh, that's a great one. Also showed up on my Robin Williams list way back uh, when we did that. I downloaded that one. Um, that's my favorite Peter Pan story. Um, it's just a great movie. Everything involved with it Bruno, is great. Bruno Mraz is in it. You got um um Dustin Hoffman. Hop- Dustin Hoffman. That's I'm like Hopkins Hoffman. Hopkins. Um, yeah. Dustin Hoffman was good. Julie, Robin Williams was good. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts was hot in that Tink, movie. Tink's always steamy. I th- listen, I'm not attracted to Julia Roberts in most cases. I think there's just something about her that doesn't really do it for me. But as Tinkerbell, I thought she was smoking hot. I'd kiss her mouth. So. Uh, my number three, Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, again, it's a, you know, it was a Crichton book, but he really brought it to life. Uh, I yeah, read the book, absolutely. and he did as much as he could in two hours that you can do. Um, I thought that the CG in that movie, you're, like you said, we had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. It was it was groundbreaking CG. Yeah, it was believable. Yes. like Everything they did in that movie was believable. Yep. It didn't look overly fake. Nope. So, nice job. All right, uh, my number three was E.T. Uh, you know what? What kid in our age? I'll say age range, because we've got a little bit of range. Um, you know what kid that grew up in the eighties didn't see E.T. Didn't love E.T. Oh, I saw. It. I know. I hated it. It freaks Heather the f- yeah the hell out. I can't out. do it. I hate it. I still hate it. I love it. The creepiest little alien ever. I loved it back then. I still, if I watched it now, I'm sure I wouldn't love it quite as much as I did as a kid, but I'd still yeah. love it. I didn't like it. You know, and that that was one of his groundbreaking movies. I had nightmares for that one. 
Well, you also cried at Toy Story <laughs> 3, so. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Let me get my paper. Um, number two. Saving Private <laughs> Ryan. You said number two. <laughs> <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. No, I agree. It's, I agree. That's easily one of his, his best movies. Uh, great movie. Um, the uh, Normandy scene was a, was a little much. I wasn't really ready for that. You know, Storm in the Beach yeah. gimmick. But I think they nailed it. I, I, I think the fact that they, they nailed it is... It's shown in all the things that have tried to parody it. And what I read, I read that everybody went through, like, military boot camp. Yeah. Except for Matt Damon. And they well, they did that on purpose to kind of create more of that resentment that the guys yeah. in the movies have for Matt Damon's character. Of course. So Matt Damon the got they... to sit, you know, in the air conditioning. He didn't have to do any of that stupid tr- bullshit training. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, Well, and he didn't have to do the Normandy scene either. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, so. So they did that on purpose to to create more resentment. Create that vibe. Yeah, exactly. So sure. I was like, look, those little things that he does, just like brilliant. All right. Um, my number two actually started as my number one, and then I moved it down when I saw my number one. Uh, my number two is Jurassic Park. Nice. Which we've already mentioned for all the reasons we've already mentioned. Um, Still your thunder. Yeah, a little bit, which is fine, because I've stolen your thunder on our list in the past. Um, Like I said earlier, it terrified me and my brother. That's how real it felt. Um, I remember when we got home, my stepdad walked in, and he was just, like, beaming. And, you know, he tells my mom, oh, Spielberg did it again. This movie's amazing. And and it just, it was. And it shows by the fact that it did over a billion dollars. You know, like it, you don't do that without making a really good movie. You know, because then people go see it, they tell other people, holy shit, this movie was amazing. And more people go see it and they tell their friends, it was an amazing movie. You know, and it, it's, he did, he also directed uh, the second one, The Lost World. And that kind of shows, because that, it gets kind of a bum rap. And, and there was some of it I didn't care for because I read the book first. Uh, and obviously a lot of it is different, but it was a really, that was also a really good movie. The one that he didn't direct and is obvious is the third one where they kind of get away from the things they did in the first two. But, um, the number, the first one was, was easily for me, one of his top two movies. So. Yeah, it's great. Um, the last one you probably don't have as your favorite, or if you do, it would really, that'd be really neat. Um, it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There's See, I was close to putting one of the Indiana Jones in my list. That one specifically, I love. That's the one where they're go, uh, quest for the Holy Grail. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean Connery's in it as, as dad. They bring, uh, I don't know, Dark Hair Girl from number one back from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, yeah. It was so good. Like, it was... Not like the last one they did was silly. Like I wasn't really into Stupid. the alien thing. This one was like biblical and I don't want to say quasi believable, but 
it was sure. I loved it like just the whole like sequence of the whole thing probably my favorite Spielberg movie it's a classic yeah. it'll never die the fourth one was was an obvious cash grab right yeah exactly I think everybody can agree on that it was it looks stupid because uh, you know they they've all got that that to a degree that suspension of disbelief right. you know like in the right. second one when the the Indian chief Dr. Jones, you know, cover your heart. Yeah, grabs a guy's chest and just pulls his heart out through his sternum like it's nothing. Come on. There's always been an, an air of of unbelievability, but the fourth one took it and just like ran with it. Yeah, it was too like, much. We've done all these unbelievable things that nobody, you know, there, there's some believability, but for the large part, there's not. And then they took that and they're like, we're, we're making this movie entirely unbelievable. Yep. Uh, He's out in the nuke field, and he hides in a fridge, and that saves him. Um, what really lost it for me on that one was when they're swinging through the trees with the monkeys. Yes. And it was, I'm just like, really? I, like, I've already paid for the movie, so I'm going to sit through to the end, but I could get up and walk out right now if I was into that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the, the third one there, I feel, is the best of the three movies. Uh, I refuse to acknowledge the fourth as one of the movies. I agree. Um, and so I agree that I uh, I almost almost put one of the Indiana Jones movies in there. Uh, my number one is one you've already mentioned is uh, Saving Private Ryan. Nice. And that I had that I had Jurassic Park as number one, and then I saw Saving Private Ryan. I completely forgot that Spielberg directed that one. That movie was amazing. I think about all the war movies that have been made. This is probably the best war movie that's ever been made. And, like, I look back now at the cast and things like that, like, it was an all-star cast. You know, people make a big deal uh, out of the superhero movies these days and all the ensemble movies and stuff like this. This this was one of those. But they did it well. You know, none of these big-time actors came off as big-time actors. This was, it was a tough, gritty, World War II, just it, in-your-face type movie and I loved it I loved every minute yeah, of it yeah I did too like, I, you fall in love with almost all the characters yeah you know like every single yeah. guy you fall in love with and you you don't want him to get hurt yeah and you know like take for instance Giovanni Ribisi yeah fantastic um, character Heather Heather and I were talking about some movie he was in and she was like oh is that the guy from this movie and I'm like um yeah, I think so. And I pulled up his IMDb, and then I saw Saving Private Ryan. I'm like, holy shit, that's right. He was the medic. You know, like, all these guys, I completely forgot yep. that they were in this movie. It was a star-studded cast. And it can be tough to pull a cast like that together and make a good movie, because there's a lot of egos in the room. But they checked it at the door, and it was just... When they can do that, it makes for an amazing movie. And this was just a beyond amazing. Tom Hanks was amazing. Um, Matt Damon was amazing. Everybody involved was just amazing. Um, I, by far and away, my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. I agree. Um, and that is going to bring us to our quote. Okay. Um, I got a Steven Spielberg quote. Naturally. Um, and it's pretty simple. He says... I don't dream at night. I dream all day. I dream for a living. So absolutely, and I just and shows. I feel like yeah, you're right. Um, the guy has a way of making it, what's in his head go onto what's in the screen. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And he makes magic. He does. Um, so. And pretty soon, although, you know, it's funny, we talked about this before the uh, show. Um, this next movie coming up, The Avengers, is going to push Stan Lee into the uh, beyond Spielberg money. Producing-wise, right? Yeah, producing-wise, yep. That uh, Stan Lee yeah. will have been a producer on... I'm, I'm air-quoting because I don't know how much producing he actually does. Um, would have been a producer on more movies that made more money than yeah. Spielberg. And that's, and that's, pr- that's not surprising because everything this side of, say, Iron Man 2... Yeah, has put up like five, six hundred million at at a bare minimum. Yep. So I mean, it, they're raking in the billions. I agree. So. so anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Um, tell your friends. Uh, tell them not to go back and listen to the early ones. Just start, you know, maybe halfway through. Sure. Start in let's say uh, football season, whatever the USF September. Yeah, the USF episode. Just grab that one and start from there. Sure. So, anyway, thanks. Absolutely. For, thanks for listening, guys. I can almost hear the music in my head right now. <laughs> the low music underneath the talking. Yep, I love it. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Alrighty, guys. See you next week. <laughs>